Good morning, everybody. This is a really special time, and I thank you for coming. And um, this is probably one of the most popular stories. And this Christmas is this Christmas it has really impacted me as I've studied and prepared for this. I think this is going to be the most uh, exciting. And the only words I could find for this sermon was the indescribable gift to the world. And that's what we're going to look at today. I'd like to open up in a word of prayer, if you'd bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word, your truth. Lord, as we look into your word, we ask for your blessing upon it. We ask that we would have ears to hear, hearts to receive the truth, the ability to apply it to our lives, the wisdom to understand it, to believe it. Father, help us to be men and women of action as we look at this time, the importance of Christmas, the importance of Jesus, God in the flesh, today. Lord, help us to realize the impact this has in our homes, in our lives, and in the world today. Help us to receive this well and be strengthened by it, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 20, and as you're opening up there, I just want to remind you again, you know, this story was prophesied by Isaiah 500 years ago, and God continues to fulfill His Word. It's the truth. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call His name Emmanuel, God with us. I wonder if all of us in this room believe that. God is with us. That's all the time, every day, wherever we are, wherever he sends us, whatever he involves us in, God is with us. Because he wants his name glorified throughout your life on this earth. Do we have ears to hear today? To listen to the true story of the birth of the Son of God, Jesus Do we believe in the miracles that have already taken place as we look through chapter 1? And let's not miss the obvious here. The most impacting verse in chapter 1 for me, and I'm sure for all of you, as we looked at all what took place, is chapter 1, verse 37. For nothing will be impossible with God. Do you believe that? Do you believe what you've read? Do you really believe this actually took place? Do you really believe God still does miracles? It's Christmas. This took place for us to understand and grasp and get a hold of. God is the God that does the impossible. This Christmas is a time for you to take your faith to a new level. To take what you believe. To pray and believe. To see God as the true king of this world. Gabriel told Mary that Jesus will be great and will be called the Son of of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. In verse 32 of chapter 1. This is a miracle story. We've already seen in the Scriptures, it's filled with supernatural power. We see the impossible becoming the possible. We saw angels visit 
promises made and fulfilled. Two miracle babies. The Holy Spirit filling people. Even in the womb. Babies know what's going on. Birth of John, and he knows his purpose. And now we're looking forward to the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day. The God-man. This is the most amazing story. It is the most indescribable gift God is demonstrating before us in these words. So I'd like you to follow along in your Bibles, if you will. Chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 20. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For, the, for today in the city of David there was... There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, God to the glory in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made, it, they made known the statement which had been told them by, about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. So in verses 1 through 5, I'd like to read those again to you. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was of the house and family of David. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. This is quite interesting as I looked at, uh, I like looking at the names and what they mean at this time. And Augustus means exalted one. Really, I thought to myself, I don't think so. He might have thought so, but no. 
Caesar Augustus was ruling at this time, but God was in control. God used this ruler to move Joseph and Mary. It was written in the inspired word before this in Micah chapter 5 verse 2. But as for you, Bethlehem Mithra, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. You see, as I always keep encouraging, you need to read the whole Bible. January 1st is coming up. Start looking for a nice Bible and start in Genesis chapter 1 and read the whole Bible. 31st of December next year, you should be finishing the Bible. It is so important for you to see how powerful this is. You will see how God connects all the dots, all his promises, all his words will come true. We're already seeing prophecy being fulfilled here. There's still more to come. And God's promises have never failed. He is fulfilling everything. And we have the whole truth to the end. We know what's still coming. But do you believe it? These people were caught off guard when Jesus came. This made me think how the Lord used my country's leader in Zimbabwe to move me to get me here. That leader hadn't done what he did, I wouldn't have moved. God puts leaders in power and controls them. God is in control even today and brings about his will, his purpose. What is your leaders today saying to you? What is the place you work at? Who's, who's leading you? What is happening there that God might want you to listen to him? Where does God want you to be? What does God want you to be involved in? Because when you realize that and you're doing God's will, you're about God's work, His purpose is being fulfilled because you will give God glory for everything you do and say in your life. Joseph was a righteous man. He did not rebel. He did not say, I'm not doing this. Who's this man to tell me what to do? My wife's pregnant. She's about to have a baby. I am not going. No, he's a righteous man. There's no attitude there. There's no grumbling. Mary and Joseph's journey was no small journey to make either. It was approximately a hundred miles. And to make things worse, Mary was due to have her baby about this time. I was trying to get a picture of what their journey was like. And uh, in the office we have this book that Pastor Jake has pictures of his trip to Israel. You can't take it home, but you can go in there and have a look. But I looked through this at all of his photographs of his journey. And it is quite amazing to get the picture of what Mary and Joseph went through. And also, encourage you this Christmas with your children and grandchildren. Watch this movie, Nativity. Josh Lively lent it to me, and it really helped me get into a deeper picture of what these people went through. So I encourage you to take a look at those. The terrain was rough, and I would assume the traffic was quite busy too. Everyone trying to get to their country of origin, their town where they were born. It is important that we pray for our leaders. That's what the scripture says. But it's very important. We do not lose sight of our relationship with the one who is the king of kings, the everlasting, the one and only who can bring peace in your heart and peace to the world as well. We must never lose sight of him. Joseph was required to return to his place of his father to record his information. Who is Joseph? You see, both Mary and Joseph were related to King David who reigned 950 years ago, before this. This is fulfilling prophecy. 
But if you're not reading the whole Bible to get the big picture of what God is doing and how He does it and how He goes about it, you will miss the importance of this. Can you imagine what they're thinking about this journey? They're carrying the Messiah. What was Mary thinking about? A hundred miles on the back of a donkey being told you're carrying the Messiah who's going to lead their country, who's going to set them free. Joseph, he did not have time to make arrangements at the inn. He didn't have cell phones in that day. Could you imagine him thinking he's got to take his wife all the way to Bethlehem? Where are they going to stay? What are they going to eat? Think about what was going through him. And men, think about this too. He's, this is his wife. This is the honeymoon he's taking her on. A back of a donkey for 100 miles in this kind of terrain. I think he was under a lot of pressure. A trek on the back of a donkey for 100 miles. Can you imagine knowing his wife was carrying the Messiah, Jesus Christ? Joseph may have thought, the Lord has this all taken care of. We'll get to Bethlehem and have a nice hot bath and a meal at the inn. But we'll see later, that doesn't quite work out. To get how Joseph got involved in this and how he might be thinking of this, I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 1 with me. See, God didn't leave Joseph out of this. We're going to look at verses 18 to 25. And we get a little bit of background of Joseph. So he's also pondering and thinking about his experience with God as well as Mary is thinking about hers. Verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother... Sorry, <clears throat> when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. This man was a righteous man, but I was to see here, he really loved Mary. Because in those days, Mary would have been stoned. Imagine this teenager coming home. Remember in chapter 1, she went to visit Elizabeth for three months. She comes back showing that she's pregnant. And she tells her folks this story that the Holy Spirit made her pregnant. God visited me. The angel of God spoke to me. I am carrying the Messiah. Do you think anyone would believe her? And Joseph, who loved her so much, did he believe her? He didn't, but look at this love here that he's not going to let her be stoned for this. He's going to send her away secretly. But when he had considered, verse 20, this, look, we see another miracle here. Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin will be called and shall be, (coughs) sorry, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And that's from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. So when you see capitals in your Bible, That is referring back to an Old Testament quote. Verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to her son, son, and he called his name Jesus. 
Warren Worsby puts this quite nicely. If God's word controls our lives, then the events of history only help us fulfill the will of God. Let me read that again to you. If God's word controls our lives, then the events of history only help us fulfill the will of God. Do you believe what you're reading here today? Do you believe this history that's been recorded here? Because if you do, then the will of God will be fulfilled. This history is to make you stronger. It's to make you passionate. To make you excited. To make you want to be involved in whatever God has called you for. What is He involving you in? You see the characters of different people, men and women. Who do you want to be like? When I was reading about Abraham, I wanted to be like Abraham. When I got to Joshua, wow, I want to be like Joshua. But could I be a man to follow Moses around like Joshua did and be mentored? There's so much teaching, so much looking into the Old Testament, these men and women and their characters and natures and their flaws. So you don't want to be like the mistakes they made. You want to be stronger. So history makes us strong. We need to know it. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12 says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. God is going to perform everything he's recorded in here. It is going to happen, whether you're interested or not. God will do what he has recorded. Let's look at verses 6 and 7 in Luke. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The Son of God is born in a manger, or maybe called a stall, and some people have called it a cave. Some scholars believe that it probably is a cave because of the visiting of the Holy Land. This was a place where animals were stored, kept. This is where the Son of God is being born. Bethlehem means the house of bread. It made me think about when uh, Linda and I, and the boys can relate to this too, as we thought about God calling us to Frontier School of the Bible in LaGrange. And we'd traveled to America a lot along the East Coast, so we thought, oh, well, that'll be just like that there too. Wow, did we get a different picture. It wasn't the same, nowhere near, not even close. But we did have a roof over our head. We were given an apartment, but there was nothing in it. Nothing to sleep on, nothing to eat with. It was just empty. Thank goodness we had our sleeping bags and camping equipment. But you'd never know what God has got planned. Why did you? Why do we go through that? Bethlehem, the house of bread, in John chapter 6 Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will no longer hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Bethlehem had a lot of history. The death of Rachel, the birth of Benjamin, the marriage of Ruth, the exploits of David. Incredible town to follow. Here we have Joseph arriving in a town with his wife about to have a baby, and there is no place for them to have this baby. The, the inn is full imagine what Joseph must be feeling now? His new wife, he's carrying the Messiah. He's seen angels, she's seen angels. And now they're about to run into a cave to give birth. 
Think about what they must be going through. Did we really see all this happen? Did we hear this? There's nothing here for us. Joseph must be feeling really inadequate and probably disappointed and confused. Starting to panic a little bit too. I felt the same when I arrived in Lagrange. Joseph must have thought, well, I'm following God's lead in this. This is what he told me to do. I'm sure the Lord would have it all booked, all ready for us, so we could have this baby. The Messiah should be born in something better than a cave. But as the journey continues to unravel, you see that this is all planned out, and all the dots are connected in the right place and at the right time. You see, God is molding you. When you step out in faith and trust God, whatever He's called you to do, He starts to mold you. He's preparing you. He's building you character. He's humbling you. And that He has done with me. Broken me down to the point of, I pray on my knees. God's purpose and plan is for all of our lives. What is He involved in your life? What are you doing with God? In verse 7, again, I like to read it again. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I was trying to get a grip of this. This is God in the flesh. Maybe Jesus. So 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 is what really helped me get a hold of it. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. God's grace. We keep getting what we don't deserve. Because he loves us so, so much. God's love is beyond our kind of understanding when we say the word, I love you. His love is unconditional. It brings peace. It brings love. His kind of love. It's a different kind of love. Faith, grace, and eternal life. Look with me again, will you, at chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. This gets interesting again. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been, found, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Just look at what we're reading here. Angels again. Heavenly hosts. Christmas is a time of miracles. Time of God doing the unbelievable, the impossible. Answering prayer. This is huge. The impossible becoming the possible. The sky is alive with heavenly hosts expressing, expressing their praise. God is manifested in the flesh. A helpless baby 
And God chooses to bring this good news to the attention of shepherds. Why? To shepherds. Joy will be for all the people too. If you believe in the Son of God, that is Jesus. Remember this. Here we see the announcement of the Messiah to some shepherds. Shepherds who were outcasts at this time. They were ceremonially unclean to go and worship in the temple. They were outcasts. And God's angel appears to tell them about the Messiah and to tell them to go and worship the Messiah. See how this all pans out? Who's in control of all this? They can't go to the temple, but they can go to the king of the Jews, the weighted Messiah, and worship him. Is God showing amazing grace here? And showing we are all loved by him. God meets us where we are. Right where you're at right now, God is waiting for you. He is knocking on your door, waiting for you to invite him into your life. It is your choice. The shepherds had to make this choice to go by faith and believe what they heard. Do you believe what you're hearing here today? Do you believe in all this? It's your choice. It's going to take faith. But also we need to remember that David was a shepherd boy. And he was known for his bravery. The shepherds had a tough life. As in the account of David, you see how he had to fight certain animals to defend his sheep. These shepherds were strong. They were brave, courageous. They were not caught up in the deceptions of the world either. They were not fooled by mystical stuff. They were men of the earth. And there's rumor that they maybe even were bringing up the flock for the temples for sacrifice. We don't know that for sure. But can you imagine the sky lit up? They must have been blown away in awe. Imagine hearing the heavenly hosts singing praise to God, glorifying God, God's purpose for us. The angel said, do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. This is not happy holidays. This is Merry Christmas. Christ is born. Jesus, God in the flesh, the word become flesh. We need to be strong. The good news, the gospel, the good news is for everybody, not just the Jews. God had sent a savior, not a judge, not a dictator, who will meet man's greatest need. This is a message of peace to the whole world, and the world at this time really needed peace. God's people needed peace. When you look at this time, this era, look at the pictures of Israel even today. We think it's bad here. Just peace in the land. It was not just that. It was peace in our hearts. God wants to bring this peace. Peace, shalom, means much more. It carries the meaning of well-being, health, prosperity, security, soundness, completeness. They say, peace be with you. That's what it entails. It is more than circumstances. It's character. It affects your character. Life at this time was very hard as it is in the world today. We're reading about the new beginning in creation here. And the purpose of the plan of salvation 
becoming clearer. What is the purpose? We glorify God. Do we glorify God in everything we say and do? Are we prepared? Are we ready for Wednesday with our family and friends? Let's read on, verses 15 through 20. It says, When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, we see heaven here, the shepherds began to say to one another, Let's, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as they lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as it been told to them. So they came in a hurry. Makes me think about people hurrying today to the shops, trying to get these gifts, hurrying for the wrong results. They found their way and found baby Jesus just as the angel had told them they would. What a night. What an incredible night. I love this part. Verse 17. They made known the statement. These are shepherds which had been told them about this child. They are making this miracle story known. This is why it is a merry, merry Christmas. Are you ready to make this story known? Are you excited, passionate about Jesus Christ? Jesus is born. Think about it. These shepherds, they received the message by faith that God sent them and responded with immediate obedience, not rationalizing. Do you receive this message by faith? And are you going to be obedient to share this message to your family, friends, co-workers? And then they made it known, the good news. Think, Think about this. Shepherd evangelists. Shepherds are making this known. The good news is known by shepherds. And spread. That must have been great to see. They are glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as they had been told. If the shepherds can do it, then I think we have an obligation to do it too. We're far more educated. We have the whole Bible, the whole truth. We know what's coming. We know by the history that's recorded in the prophecy fulfilled, he is going to do this. He will complete what he's recorded here. So are we ready to go out and share? If shepherds can do it, I think we all here can be ready for Wednesday to share the truth. So this morning as I close, I want to give you this illustration if Linda would come and assist me here. As we'll be looking at presents. So every time you see a present, I hope that you will desire these five gifts in your life. I adapted this from the UCB word for today, written by Bob Gass. It's easy to get caught up in this craziness of Christmas. In fact, it's exhausting just to think about it, because I'm still struggling to get presents, especially for my wife here. Hopefully the Lord will help me. Imagine, if you will, that when you woke up on Christmas morning, you found five gifts under the tree. 
that you had overlooked. Tucked away under the tree, there's five gifts. You see, baby Jesus paid for these gifts. He paid for this. For you. He did this because he loves you. So you open the first gift and you find yourself filled with an awesome sense of peace. A peace that you have never known before. I guarantee you, you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You follow him. You trust him. This peace is unbelievable. You open the second and experience an overpowering love. God's way of loving. You will love others, even those who wronged you. You open the third and you are energized with faith that enables you to believe God for anything, even for the things that you thought were impossible. He does make it possible. The fourth, you open the fourth and received grace. This grace I've experienced over and over in this country, beyond other countries. This is a giving country. I've received things I do not deserve. But you have, you get this grace and you're, un, you're able to handle criticism, hurt, and you, without retaliation. Because the walk that you're going to take with God, you will have some battles. But God's grace enables you to take this. Finally, the fifth. And you know, gifts are, we give these gifts to people. We give gifts. Do you, you don't have to do anything to receive this gift. You didn't do anything to warrant it. But when you're giving family and friends a gift, they take it. They receive it. This gift God gave us, Jesus Christ, by dying on the cross. You believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. As Linda just took that gift from me. That's all you have to do to know you have eternal life is to receive it. Take it. There's nothing you have done to get it. You don't deserve it, nor do I, nor did I. All these gifts are given freely. But it's your decision to receive it, to take it. And it came at a price for God. He paid for this. He's giving it to you. And you know, these gifts are perfect for you. Thank you, Linda. You won't have to return any of these gifts. You won't have to go back. These gifts fit you perfectly. They are for you. And the best part is, God has already given them to you. All you have to do is receive by faith and start using them. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Huge. This is what Christmas is about. The ultimate gift, the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It's Christmas. Never have much luck with my slides. It's Christmas on Wednesday, the day that changed the calendar and everything else. Why don't you take a moment and thank God for this wonderful gift He has given you, including the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ. 
This is what Christmas is all about. After all, without him, we would have nothing to celebrate, would we? And I can guarantee you, you would not have the ability to give the gifts because God provides everything you have. The money you have, the ability to give to others is because God allowed it. God has prospered you. If you have not believed and received Jesus as your personal Savior, today is the day. Come now and receive the greatest gift of all. Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. Will you pray with me? Lord, you said that if we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For from the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. The good news says that God, with God, things can change forever. Father, we thank you. That in this week, we remind ourselves that your word took on flesh and blood in your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that many would find the good news this Christmas. Father, we call upon the name of the Lord and ask that you will save those that are sitting here this morning, confessing to you now, believing in you, and inviting you into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed this this morning, I challenge you to tell three people you know what's taking place. And I would personally like to know too, And I'd love to disciple you, encourage you, help you understand this journey, this walk with Jesus Christ. Thank you and Merry Christmas.